Shut up and sit down. Welcome to another episode of the Super Movie Studies Podcast, a show about comic book movies approached from every angle and a community of nerds discussing how fiction relates to nonfiction. I'm your culture host, Michael Maurer, joined by the movie maestro, James Skyler Hutzma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. SMSP is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week, we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. Every fan sees the movie differently. So we gather some amateur experts to discuss certain aspects of the movie. Whether it's money, comic books, music, science, or one day warring, SMSP talks about it all in this week's episode. This is just a misunderstanding. Put the knives down! I can't. Look. All right, the rest of you, on the ground, now! Kid, I said on the ground. We don't want to hurt you, kid. You know all those dangerous mutants you hear about on the news? I'm the worst one. X2, X-Men United. And yes, there will be spoilers on this 14-year-old movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how we haven't really mentioned the shit. Like, you know, spoilers used to be a thing. Yeah. I guess. Well, when the new movies come out and we do them, yeah, spoilers. But Or the TV shows. But fuck, yeah. (laughs) Hopefully you've seen X2 by now. Yeah. If you haven't, I'd say it's time you begun. (laughs) That was pretty good. Nightmare Before Christmas reference. Okay. That was pretty good. <laughs> okay, first opinions. Um, ben? So, I am one of those people who could have used a spoiler warning about this movie because until yesterday I had never seen this before. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of the original X-Men trilogy except for this show. So I'm watching them in, like, reverse order. Yeah. Which makes it difficult. Uh. Because this sequel, like like the third X-Men movie, is predicated on you already knowing who these characters are and caring about them from the first movie. Kind of. It introduces a lot in the third one. In the yeah. second one, they don't really introduce a whole lot of new characters, and they really rely on you knowing the relationships of all the characters. Right. And I don't know those, because I haven't seen... Yeah. Because I'm not a huge X-Men fan to begin with. Sure. And I don't... I didn't see the first movie. Like... Once I see that, I'm sure that everything will make sense. Uh-huh. Um, so that that part of it, kind of, they leave you to infer what's going on in the relationships rather than actually showing a real relationship. It's not hard. Yeah, I, mean, I know. You know what's going like, on with Bobby and Rogue. I'm just like, oh, yeah, Rogue and Bobby are boyfriend and Logan's weird about it. Logan's weird about it? <laughs> Which one's Logan? Wolverine? I, I, didn't we ha- have a discussion, like, last time he came up, how there's another... Uh, there's like two Wolverines. One of them's named Logan, and the other one's James. Okay, it's the same person. What? James Howlett is originally Wolverine and was born in like the 18th century. Okay. Um, grew up through World War II, according to X Men Origins. All right. Okay. Pairs up with Sabretooth, 
uh, because they're half brothers or step brothers um, throughout all the years, and then they joined like Weapon X in the nineteen nineties. Skyler, eighties, eighties. Yes, if it's by yeah, 80s. if it's by origin standard, it would be yeah. the seventies. If it's by basic comic books, let's just say oh well, late seventies. I'm talking 80s. just X Men. Co- canon that doesn't really make sense just the x-men movie canon because oh, well that, that are, that's already just yes. a muddled pile of he fuck be- no yeah so he became he lost his memory during weapon x because if you remember they shot him with an anti-bullet right. in the brain that yep. causes memory loss and then he only had dog tags that said logan on them the wolverine which he oh. had i think taken from someone um so he just took that identity Okay, and then apparently, like they assume that he wanders into X Men One because he's a wandering soul in uh, X Men One. See, I haven't seen X Men One. Yeah, but then he's referred to as Logan from then on out. That's X Men movie canon. Now that's kind of not a thing because they wiped the slate of X Men Origins Wolverine. But you're supposed to still assume that at some point he lost his memory, and the X like the X One and X Two stuff still applies of him not really knowing what happened to him in Weapon X. And then they changed the Weapon X stuff in, in Apocalypse. Now, I'm the one that feels like I've been shot with an adamantium bullet. Yeah, right. Okay, so anyway, X2. Anyway, so I, I had trouble following the relationships because I didn't see the first movie, and I don't give a shit about the X-Men anyway. Sure. A um, couple other things. I actually took notes while I was watching <gasps> this movie. I have I have a notebook here with written words on it. Oh, my God. Um, I liked that Ooh. the moral message of this movie was less like a 32-pound sledgehammer. It was nice. Yeah. There was one moment where it was pretty opaque, but it was nicely opaque. Yeah. It was, like, it have was... you ever tried not being a mutant? You're like, oh. Like, that line kind of hits home in a funny and, like, ironic way. Yeah. and it's... Damn, 2003. Yeah, really. And it, it's still, like, it's applicable to many different kinds of issues rather than just mutant and proud. I wonder what that's supposed to mean. Like, the <laughs> dumbest fucking line in any movie ever. Um... um the special effects, amazing for their time. Like for their time, they looked good. Mystique shit. They like, still look really good. Yeah, a couple of them are starting to show their age. The like, jet stuff sometimes. Yeah, the scenes in the jets, yeah. the tornadoes. There's there were a couple. Anything um, on the ground though. Yeah, like a couple Cyclops's of, eye beams were mm-hmm. okay. Um, Mystique was impressive the whole time. Johnny Johnny Pyro's fireballs looked a little. There's something a little off with those Johnny too. Pyro. Can we talk? Okay, can Johnny we talk Pyro. about people with fire powers being named Johnny? <laughs> you got Johnny Blaze, Ghost Rider. Okay. You got Johnny Storm. Johnny Storm, the Human Torch, and now you got Johnny Pyro. Johnny Saint Allardyce. His last name is Allardyce. Right. But, but yeah, Pyro. But he's Pyro. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what who is cares? Because he's pyro. What is it with Johnny's and fire? I don't know. What's with all the persecuted characters in Mutant World have to be blue? Well, it's... why do all mutants have to be blue? Well, Blink's or any blue. abnormal looking one. Blink's purple because it contrasts nicely with the yellow of the oh, X Right, suit. it definitely does. That's totally the reason. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, there we go. Okay. Do you have more to say? You have more notes. Uh, no, that's about it. Yeah? That's all I wrote down, yeah. You liked it? I liked it. I it, think it's it's my second favorite X-Men movie. Behind? Behind Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past is a good one. But, like, a long ways behind. Really? Yeah, Days of Future Past is fucking <laughs> awesome. This movie's pretty good. The rest are trash. 
the rest first class oh fuck first class is all right okay apocalypse i haven't seen it oh okay (laughs) the rest yes the rest are trash well you haven't seen x-men one either x-men one i'm still waiting okay popcorn it uh popcorn to michael oh hey uh x-men 2 haven't seen this in a long time since you know i've had cable and watched it on fx uh, that's about all the time. It's about the last time I saw X two. Oh my gosh! I for the longest time, this was the pinnacle best X Men film, without a doubt, the best X Men film. It wasn't until Days of Future Past came along that you went, "Huh, maybe, maybe it's better." So that would have been what ten years later, and they were still pumping out films throughout those years. So it's not like it was even a wait. It was like, ah, X3, ugh. <sighs> Origins Wolverine, oh. First Wolverine. class, oh, the Wolverine. Oh. The first class, we're getting closer. <laughs> um, so X2 just had a lot of good themes going with it. It had a lot, like a plot that made sense. You have the government trying to hunt down mutants because they're dangerous. And you have one crazy dude who's just like, yeah, why aren't we able to keep track of all of these extremely dangerous people? And also, I'm really resentful because my son was a mutant and he killed my wife. So I lobotomized my son and I'm also a colonel. So I'm going to find a way to scheme and kill all mutants. That's a pretty good motive. Um, got the, got the, the, the resources and the means. Go for it. Um, and then, of course, the side plots of it's about, you know, being gay rights and just like you shouldn't it's more broad than it's more broad but at the time it was geared at gay rights because ian mckellen is is gay and um, brian singer and brian singer oh that's right so like a lot of that scripting was geared for them when the x-men originally came out i believe it was geared more for african-american rights yeah it was a a civil rights thing it was was, still is to some extent yes it could still be applied (laughs) to that um, it's, it's very broad in general. It's a, persecate, a persecuted group for their looks. Um, and people are assuming that they're dangerous without ever, like, checking. And there's that great scene where, like, he, Logan gets shot in the head outside of the Drake home. Uh, and everybody starts, like, to freak out. Uh, and Johnny Pyro is like, you motherfuckers. I'm going to kill all of you because that's what you want from me. Fine. Uh, and you just go, well, that's really where hate will get you, I guess, is a bunch of explosions, if you put it that way. Uh, and doesn't that just apply to everyone? Yeah. The only real issue I have with this uh, movie is why the fuck did Gene have to leave the plane? I continue, even as like a 10-year-old, I don't know, whenever this movie came out, when I watched it, I was thinking to myself, why the f- she can do all this shit from in the plane? He doesn't need to be outside of it. There's no explanation why she needs to be outside of it. But then the movie wouldn't happen. Well, then the end of the movie wouldn't happen. It wouldn't be as dramatic without a character death because nobody dies except for Stryker, both the Strikers. Can you stop moving your mic, Skyler? Damn. I just had to move over to an outlet. So oh. <laughs> hey. Hey. All right, Popcorn Skyler. Hey. All right, I like X2. Um, I will say it hasn't aged since the uh, last few times I've saw it as well, just because people kind of refer to it as that early 2000s, one of the quote-unquote masterpiece uh, superhero movies from that 
time. And I think it's because it is a little lighter on the characterization. It's a lot of payoff, which is great, but you know, you don't have quite as much depth to it, but at the same time, I really enjoy that. It a is a, is actually pretty dark and uh, B it does, uh, as we said, get to that sledgehammer point with its message. Uh, It's like these people saying about, you know, comic book writers or musicians or whatever, stop, you know, preaching, just stick to music or comic books. But it's like comic books have always been, you know, about social issues. And this is like, you know, a very upfront movie about social issues. And I think that's what uh, makes it stand the test of time. Among X-Men movies is probably just behind First Class and uh, Days of Future Past for me. And it's got a lot of bomb sequences in it. So, yeah. It does have some bomb. Like, we, this is the first time you see, like, Wolverine Fury, which is awesome. This is, you see the brutal magnitude of, like, what Mag- Magneto will go to. Magnitude? Of Magneto, yes. The yeah. magnitude of Magneto. <laughs> see Mystique being sexy. It's good times. It's good times. And there's a villain who's <laughs> just a human, I guess. Yeah. That is pretty good. A villain They're not just trying to fight some guy trying to end the world. It's a, it's a villain whose motivation you can understand. Yeah. And you don't agree because he's a dick. Yeah, but you can see but where he's coming from. Yeah, because shit happened. You made up good shit that like would probably drive any reasonable per- person crazy. Although, like, he took it a step mm-hmm. too far. Ta-da! People went crazy for this right. movie, though. Oh yes! Oh, good segue. <laughs> <laughs> With a production budget of a hundred and ten million dollars in two thousand three, <gasps> domestic mm. gross was. Two hundred fourteen point nine million. Oh, that's a sick turnaround. Foreign gross. One hundred ninety-two point seven million. Ah, worldwide. One hundred and seven point seven million. Four hundred and seven point seven million. Four hundred and seven million and seven hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, math plus change Damn. plus change. That's that's a international blockbuster territory. Relativize it. At the end of the day, X two was the number nine film of. Uh, the top 10 in 2003 um, worldwide, of course. Uh, Right now it sits behind The Last Stand, Days of Future Past, and Deadpool in terms of top moneymakers in the U.S. That goes the same for worldwide, but you can add The Wolverine at about 414. Ooh. Whatever million. Yeah. The Wolverine in the U.S. didn't make nearly as much, but elsewhere in the world they were... uh, Shilling out that dough. Mm, it's well. It's a. It's a film not based in the U.S. Wasn't it? Wasn't the that, Wolverine always in Japan? Big, right. It's in Japan. Yeah, yeah. The whole time. Uh, Except he, at the beginning in Canada. Oh yeah. But I can't right. see Canadians <laughs> con- contributing as much to that. <laughs> Did you see the Wolverine? Eh? Did you see our Canadian bar? Wow. <laughs> oh yay! <laughs> only non-bigoted person in here right now oh all right mr high and mighty road suck that just your giant schlong that you're gonna rip up to your face i guess (laughs) (laughs) oh my god he's doing it yep totally i shouldn't i didn't know you had a 13 foot dick i don't (laughs) you're off by a factor of 12 <laughs> okay, uh, money done. Let's move to comic books, where I have a fair amount to say, because there are only four characters. But less, yes, but less dick talk. Oh no, 
no, a lot of dick talk. Oh, okay. Different kinds of dicks, okay. though. Uh, because I'm so it's, excited. it's X-Men. God damn it. Oh, the X-Men and their comic book storylines. They're just... You need a fucking graph anytime you want to look at a character. You need an infograph of some kind. Because you just can't read about this stuff and keep it in your head. Or understand what writers were doing. So first off, Jason Stryker slash mastermind kind of premiered in Marvel Graphic number 5, 1982, Chris, Chris Claremont and Brent Anderson. He has the illusionary powers of Mastermind in the comics, a.k.a. Jason Wingard of the Hellfire Club, uh, but he's a completely different character, so I won't really go into that. Jason Stryker does exist in the Marvel 616 universe, a.k.a. the normal Marvel universe. They don't like to call themselves Earth-1. They call themselves Earth-616, which is creative? Uh, Fucking stupid. (laughs) So first note, William Stryker Sr., is a fucking lunatic. All right. When Marcy Stryker was going into labor with Jason, it was some serious bad timing because her and William were in the middle of a desert. William delivered the baby himself and discovering that Jason was a mutant, he stabbed him and snapped his wife's neck. In a fanatic rage, he dragged his family back to the car and lit it on fire with himself in it. Miraculously, that suicide tab didn't pan out, and he saw it as a sign from God that his destiny is to kill all mutants. More on William Stryker later. Back to Jason. Jason also survived. Good old Bill left him with the scientific terrorist group, AIM, who augmented him. Later, Jason joined the Purifiers, a radical group charged with killing all mutants, founded by his father, which is fucking ironic, considering Jason is a mutant. His powers are obscure, but he really only used them, like, once in a fight with the original X-Men, who were time-displaced at the time, and hit them with an energy blast strong enough to knock them all back. And that's, like, it. Wasn't William Stryker, like, a preacher in the comics? Oh, yeah, we're gonna get into that, but first, Lady Deathstrike, Daredevil... 197, 1983, Dennis O'Neill and Larry Hama. So, Yuriko Oyama's father, Lord Darkwind, his name, or Kenji. He was a failed kamikaze pilot of World War II. Uh, His failed crash left his face horribly scarred, which he also mimicked on his children. Fucking dads, man. In the X-Men universe. How do you how do you fail to be a kamikaze pilot? You crash and you don't die. I, I thought you would just land your plane successfully. <laughs> but then you don't bring honor to your family because you came back. We they lost the war you and they, you didn't give all your all in the war. That's the honor thing. Yeah, that's why kamikaze pilots are a thing. Were a thing. Sorry, but anyway, dads are the worst. Uh, oddly. Also, he is the genius behind the theory that allowed Adamantium to be bonded to bone. After her father's death, Eureka became obsessed with hunting down people with Adamantium bonded to them and killing them to restore honor to her family in some weird convoluted way to like keep her father's practice in Japan or something. Some shitty way to honor her father. I'm pretty sure she killed her father, too. Uh, I don't... There's just so much. (laughs) While hunting down Bullseye, who has an adamantium spine, by the way, in case you didn't know that, uh, she comes across Wolverine, and thus a lifelong obsession with killing the unkillable man begun, the pinnacle of the adamantium experiment. Eventually, she was teleported to a universe focused on nothing but crazy reality TV, 
There she gains cybernetic enhancements. Mojo. Yes, the Mojoverse. There she gains cybernetic enhancements yeah. and her trademarked adamantium finger claws. Those do not retract, by the way. How long are they? Like four, three, two feet long fingers? Yep. Are, yeah, they e. don't come back. She has to like eat cereal with that. I don't know. Like, how does she feed herself with anything but kebabs? Use them, use them as, like, chopsticks. <sighs> Ugh. Still, though. Uh, she only has to eat vengeance. <laughs> Many X-Men confrontations and side quests as part of a cyborg's only allowed club, known only as the Reavers later, and she's around Lady Deathstrike. Not really the character you saw in the film. Anyway, uh, William Stryker premiered in... X-Men, God Loves, Man Kills, 1982. Chris Claremont, Brent Anderson. Colonel Stryker had a history of being involved with the Weapon X project that created Wolverine's adamantium skeleton before becoming a religious fanatic and televangelist with a mission of spreading hate and fear in the hopes of the eradication of all mutants. That story runs a similar plot as the film in that he attempts to brainwash Charles into killing all mutants with Cerebro, forcing the X-Men to team up with Magneto to stop him. He also tries to murder Kitty Pride on live television before one of his own bodyguards shoots him down. In God Loves, Man Kills 2, Lady Deathstrike breaks Stryker out of jail, and the two become lovers, enjoying in a vendetta against the X-Men. Kitty Pride manages to convince Stryker to put his bigotry behind him and turn a new leaf. I would like to see the writing on that. That doesn't last long, though. Blah, blah, blah. Killed and resurrected. Killed again. Sun takes over. Typical X-Men drama. William Stryker. He's Mike Pence. Wow, wow. Oh! Oh, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Trump's fired. I, I will fired. give some respect to the movie for pairing him in lady deathstrike together when they have history in the comics because nerdy <laughs> i did not know they had history in the comics i thought she was just sort of shooed in as a wolverine adversary as so many characters are yes well i mean Sabretooth isn't really shooed in he is the wolverine adversary anyway Nightcrawler finally premiered in giant-sized x-men number one 1975 len ween and dave cockram Born and abandoned after birth in a German forest, Nightcrawler was raised by a gypsy mother part of a traveling circus who had no qualms with his impish and blue appearance. Later, it was revealed that his parents were Mystique and a demon warlord named Azazel. Fuck, that's confusing shit right in the ass because X-Men storylines are some of the most goddamn convoluted shit ever made. Don't believe me. Kurt ends up uh, dating his foster sister. Just like the Flash. Yeah, he was doing it before that oh. shit was cool. What a cool guy. <laughs> also, if you ever want to be confused, read about Psylocke. Oh. Yeah. Shit. I tried to explain that in Apocalypse, and I did my best. That shit was confusing. Uh, so anyway, a Bavarian mob accuses Kurt of killing a bunch of kids because of his del- devilish appearance. And in the, nick of ta- in the nick of time, Professor Xavier swings by to recruit him to the X-Men. And he is saved. Kurt is a definitive character in the X-Men universe for being one of the first most notable characters to have his mutation affect his appearance immensely. Um, I don't know if his mutation came first or Beast turning blue came first. I'm not sure. I think Beast turning blue came first. But uh, he is constantly 
struggled with accepting his appearance because the world fears him for it. He's a dashing German gentleman and a bit of a swashbuckler, always there for his friends and strong in the Catholic faith. Iconic X-Men involved in too many adventures to count, or maybe I'm just too lazy to count them. Blah, blah, blah. Dead and resurrected. Tiny versions of him from another dimension follow him around. Typical X-Men drama. He's in, he's in an X-Men book. He does X-Men things. <laughs> For a long time. I miss him having the cutlass. The cutlass. <laughs> yeah, he used to have a sword. Just play um, X-Men Legends 2 for the GameCube. Or, or PS2. Oh, there's, a, there's also a fighting one. Um, I think it's Rise of Apocalypse. Uh? X-Men 2 Rise of Apocalypse. X Men Legends Two: Age no, of Apocalypse. No, that's Rise of Apocalypse. No, it's a different one. It's it's an actual fighting one. Uh, yeah. Marvel vs. Capcom. Um, then there's no. A, it's a, just X Men. It's it's like X Men Training Academy or something like this. X Men Danger Room, and it's just oh, them fighting no. each other. There isn't a new one. It is Rise of Apocalypse. That's right. Age yeah. of Apocalypse was the storyline it was based on. Oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you had to fight some kind of stupid sentinel being in it. Oh, uh, that was the first one. You had to fight Senator Robert Kelly at the end in a giant sentinel suit. In Rise of Apocalypse, you fight Apocalypse. And a demon. This is X- what? This is X-Men Next Dimension. Sorry. Oh. Hello. I hear you. Okay, barely. You cut okay. in and out. All right. I think we're Yeah, you're doing the same thing. Okay. Well, let's see if you can take over and hopefully it'll come back to us. Yes. Let's uh Oh good. Let the music guide us here. <laughs> Is done by John Ottman, Brian Singer's frequent collaborator. Uh we talked about him before in quite a few X-Men movies, actually. Uh, Days of Future Past and Apocalypse for which the latter of which we liked quite a bit. This one was our first taste of what he would do with the X-Men universe. And of course, the first and foremost thing we can talk about is his now iconic theme for this series, which debuted in this film. This movie is balls hard to find music clips for. (laughs) So uh, we'll work with what we have here. But as long as we have the theme, I think we're going to be okay. So let's cue up the suite from X2 and take a listen. Curious, what do you guys think makes that uh, theme so effective in comparison to, I don't know, pick any other uh, composer in their work on this series? A, exciting. <laughs> yeah, there, there's some some energy behind it. Uh, B, I always dig that brass. 
Uh, that's it. Like you leaned, good, good. On, you leaned on one instrument, right? And you're like, that is the instrument that we're going to centerpiece. Is it not the trump? Is it not trumpets? It's French horn. Uh, French horn, maybe. I West would say horn? it's French horn. Yeah. Okay. Um, French horn. Is there a name for the note sequence that they are doing? Da 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 da. Is it like a triplet? It's kind of like a fanfare type thing. Well, I mean, I don't like that. Yeah, it's kind of like almost a glissando, kind okay. of like a slide into oh, it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's hitting every note on the way up. Is that I will thing? say this is like often when we do the music segment, I couldn't hum you the tune after this. Yes. I can hum you this one, <laughs> but this one. It, it just yep. it it has a melody that you can pick out mm-hmm. and remember exactly. Um, I'd say there are two things that made this one so effective. There's the what we talked about that just that little snippet there that you know hooks the ear and keeps you in there and then i think the uh backing support is also what uh keeps this one pretty memorable yeah just keeping that you know bedrock of a rhythm there in a really fanfare kind of way helps out immensely michael's Uh, triggered by the word fanfare i just feel like we say that shit way too much no, we don't. And I don't really have a I've full never... grasp of the word fanfare. It just seems so broad in describing superhero music. I, that's why I I flinched a little when I hear fanfare as just like like our go to fanfare word for describing yeah. superhero compositions. Ugh. Maybe in olden days, I don't. I don't think can't remember any score recently that we've talked about where it's like fanfare. All right, well, go to the next damn song, Ryan. Fuck me. Oh, okay. Uh, next tune is "Death Strikes, Death Strike." <laughs> Sorry, just... I don't know if that's the actual title. Oh, but that's, okay. You know the kind of crappy YouTube uh, upload <laughs> that I found for it. So. say <laughs> is there is there anyone there yeah, I'm, yeah we're i'm here, here. yeah i just okay. sometimes i don't like to be the first one in get you um what happened was sometimes when you play the audio clips they'll fade in and out oh, yeah, and I, it's like i fade them i know i picked it like a minute and five seconds out so it, it's like it can't be done yet 
Oh, no, yeah. Well, what? No, I faded it. Yeah, I faded it at about 225 okay. for about five seconds. And then I have, okay. to, I have to pause it and then bring the volume back up so that you can talk because you and the computer volume are at the are on the same channel. Okay. I just sounded like it cut out really early, so I didn't know if, you know, I was waiting for the music to come back, and by that time we were already gone, yada, yada, yada. I took but, it down um, at 2.30. That's yeah. all. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> this has been riveting conversation. I'm not saying you didn't. I'm saying – Fucking yeah, I'm riveting. Saying, I'm not saying you didn't. I'm I'm just saying that my uh, audio is fucked on this you got You got something to uh, fucking say about my shit, how I do shit here at Skyward, how I operate this goddamn board? You want to fucking come down here, here and do it yourself? <laughs> here we go. Same, same fucking shit every week. It's Yeah, it's how we do it. <laughs> It's nothing's different. I'm just oh, I'm just nope. being a fucking prick now. Okay, that trick was nope. that nope. that track was pretty lit though. It was I could a lot of a lot of rhythmic intensity. Oh, good words. You see, I would think that'd be fanfare. a great track if you could. <laughs> Not even. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it felt pretty fanfare to me. I'm so triggered. <laughs> triggered. All right. Last track was not written for the movie. Last track was not even written in this past century. The last one I picked out was actually Mozart's Requiem Dies Irae, which was used in the opening action sequence in the White House, and which I tried to find for many years before iTunes and YouTube could direct me to it. And it's like, why isn't this part of the movie? Or Shazam. Because it is not. Cue it up! I just like how over the top it is. I like the uh, fact that it's a German composer, right? Mozart was Austrian. Austrian. Dang it. I was like, oh, it's a 50-50 because it wasn't Beethoven German. Beethoven was German. Dang it. Get them mixed up. I was like, ah, a German composer, (sighs) German character. No, not quite. Not quite. Hitler was German. No, he wasn't. He was Austrian. Oh, really? Got you on that one, fucker. (laughs) Columbus was Spanish. No, wait. He was Portuguese. Got you on that one, fucker. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, who's there? Dwayne The Rock Johnson's Canadian. No? Yeah, he is. No, he's not. not. He has a Canadian grandparent. Okay. Obama's Canadian. And probably more relative. Wow, racist. (laughs) Oh, my God. Got you with that one, too. (laughs) God. So, uh, Requiem D'Essire, it's a good song. It's It's pretty lit. (laughs) <laughs> it is Mozart. Ah, Mozart just uh, every picture of him is a smug looking fuck, 
I just think he just looks at you like, yeah, I write good music. Like that's just the, that's what I that's what mm. I see every time he looks from his painted portraits. Like you know, I'm. The it's best. not him laughing at you. It's God. I absolve you. I absolve you. <laughs> I absolve you. No, that scholar got it. I'm a deus. Never seen it. Oh, you I'm fuck. A deus, I'm a deus. No, not Falco. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> okay. Around the same time. Duh. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> I don't care. When? Oh, question. When can we play the uh, '90s X-Men theme? I think that was I also lit. Did that already? I don't remember which X-Men film though. You don't re-listen to podcasts, Skyler, so you wouldn't know. Hey, got him. Hey, oh. <laughs> I play. I, I played it at the tail out. end of something, just the same as I played the Spider-Man '90s theme at the tail end of something. There's been. We've done how many X-Men movies? For like eight hundred. <laughs> As many we're as there were done. composers in that one song in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yep. of Shell Shock. Yes. 20,000 <laughs> producers. <laughs> yes. That's right. As many X-Men movies as there will be by the time this episode is released. Oh, gosh. All right. Uh, more music, sir? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> no? Wow, Is rude. that a no? <laughs> uh, no, we're done with music. Oh, okay. Jeez. So hostile Everyone's today. So rude. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, all right. Uh, science, my good friend. Dude, yes. Are you doing a well? lunar eclipse? What? You got something to say to us? What? Oh yeah. Let's oh, do science. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. This is gonna be a bitch to edit. Uh, <laughs> science. I love you, man. All right. I know. Uh, we want. We want the one topic. We. I. I. When I was watching this movie, I was like, "Ooh, I'll do that." Yeah. And it's the scene. When the security guard comes down to taunt Magneto, and Magneto's like, ha, and then he rips the guy's soul out. <laughs> and then he's like, there's too much iron in your blood. <laughs> Thank you, Count Dracula McKellen. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, ooh, I bet that if you have too much blood, or if you have too much blood, if you have too much iron in your blood, I bet that's not healthy in real life. I bet that would affect you before the next day. Yeah. Well, it turns out having too much iron in your blood is a real disease called hemochromatosis. Hemochromatosis? Hemochromatosis. Hemo meaning blood. Hemo. Chrome meaning color? Chrome like oh, silvery. Silver. Okay. Chromatosis. Osis chrome meaning shiny and chrome. Well, when I, th- I think chrome, I think Ed, monochromatic. Yeah. And, and so there you go. Um, so there are symptoms. Includes uh, joint and abdominal pain. Um, later on, as it becomes more, more and more advanced, um, fatigue, impotence, and eventually liver and heart failure. Oh, so I mean, if you have too much liver in your blood, or if you have too much iron in your blood, you know, maybe you just feel tired all the time and can't get it up. How 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 much iron can go into your bloodstream before you like start to feel that? Because it just seemed like a lot of iron injected into that dude's body. Yeah, it's it's more of a the actual disease is more of a chronic thing. Okay, is it an iron? Is there an iron content count? Is there a measurement for that? I take it you can measure it. I have no idea what the like a percentage. Yeah, right. 
Like you can like look at like how many parts per million of iron there are in your blood. Okay. And I'm sure there's a certain threshold that's a healthy level. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a certain threshold that's an unhealthy level, but I've I don't have no idea what those numbers are. Okay. I'm not actually a doctor. But anyway, he like maybe at like if it was enough, he woke up with like some stomach pain. He's like, "Oh." Yeah, you're like, "Oh man, I feel like shit." And I was drunk last night and I think I got laid. Yeah. In a bathroom by yeah. Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Yep. Or Rebecca Romaine now. So, um, is the treatment? Uh, the treatment is uh, there's two. One is they just draw blood out of you, like Magneto. Um, just to, yeah, like a leech, <laughs> in, in a more safe way than Magneto does it. Um, <laughs> Let me just get rid of that for you. <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, they they draw blood out and then that gets rid of the excess iron um, until it builds up again, and then you just have to have blood drawn periodically. Or there are certain medications uh. that basically pass through your system, and as they do, iron binds to them, and then you oh. poop them out, or you oh. pee them out. Oh, fun. So, yeah, either one of those. Thank you, endocrine system. Yeah. It's it's usually a genetic disease. What's your, what's your not your digestive system, urinary. Urinary, yeah. U- urinary system? Yep. Okay. Been Excretory. Like- is that is there a fancier name for urinary? Excretory system. Excretory? Okay. Which incorporates both your poop and your pee. Well, I mean, the best way to measure anything is poop, right? It, it could be. You get a stool sample for anything. Yeah. It's, uh, it's uh, like the Scrubs song. It's in the poop or something, whatever that... You ever, the Scrubs musical episode? Nope. It, the the answer's in the poop is like one of the songs they sing because... Yeah, I have not seen... That much scrubs. Oh, whatever, Ben. Okay. How did we get here? <laughs> We're talking about poop. We're talking about poop. And pee. Yeah. Yes. That's the kind of podcast we are now. Yes. And one more topic, <laughs> lobotomy? Lobotomy. Okay. Yeah. So um, lobotomy is an actual medical procedure. Basis of lobotomy in this film. Uh, William Stryker is like, oh, my God, my son is crazy and telepathic and creates illusions and drove my wife crazy and managed to have, like kill her. I'm going to give him to Xavier, who's known for treating kids like this. And Xavier goes, I can't help your son. And then he hands him back to Stryker, and Stryker's like, well, what the fuck is this shit? And so he lobotomizes his son and then uses him as a factory for mind Ice control. Ice lobotomy. Ugh. Well, so I- torn cranium. So a, a lobotomy is a, a real medical procedure, not done very often anymore. I would hope so. But done, <laughs> you know, a lot, actually. Oh, uh, yeah. In the late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, and it, it literally is just removing a portion of someone's cranium, usually like what's called the frontal lobe. Where all your personality is. Where all your, like... Yeah, where all your like critical thinking, reasoning type stuff happens. Mm-hmm. So it literally just become like a vegetable. So it, yeah, for certain, they thought it would be, um, they thought it would treat certain mental disorders. Autism. But uh, it actually just doesn't do anything at best. I mean, is it really <laughs> a treatment if you, like... Just eliminate the entire thing. So there, there was a um, the the reason they thought that this might be an effective treatment was because um, there was this guy who had a metal rod like shot through his skull and it went through his brain. Uh huh. But it like he survived and could still like 
think and work at his job and whatever around the house. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, huh. And then they started figuring out that people with certain diseases, you know, um, had problems with this area of the brain or whatever, or the, like the cause of it was located in the same area of the brain. So they started like, hey, let's just scoop that out. And then later they realized like if they had followed this guy who got the metal rod shot through his brain, his personality changed and he became like irritable and angry and mm. um, like gets pissed off at the drop of a hat and was not the same person he was before. Yeah. So your frontal lobe is messed up. Like but by, by the time they figured that out, this was already like standard procedure for if you have like schizophrenia <laughs> or epilepsy, they just shoop. Yeah, they used to do these at carnival fairs. Yeah, and and oh my god, and so now it's not something that's done for certain forms of epilepsy. They will like find what part of the brain is causing those seizures, and then take it out. Yeah, but that's very specific kinds of epilepsy, and has to be really severe yeah. cases. Lobotomy, removal of a lobe. Yep. So you shouldn't take out any of your lobes. Yeah. Try like, to as a whole. Try to keep them all in place, unless you have like an actual medical professional <laughs> say, "Hey, this is actually a good idea." <laughs> don't don't have now Mike Pence do it. Oh my god. Oh god. Don't have. Now, was some, there a difference between? Don't have someone whose last name is Stryker do it. Like that's just uh, an evil sounding last name. Yeah. Now is there a difference between having like part of the brain taken out and what we'd normally see with like the little for lack of a better term, ice pick where they just kinda, you know, go in through the nostril or under the eyelid and just What the fuck this, are you... this is the one these were the kind <sighs> Lobotomies okay. have gotten like... much more technical now. They do not just fucking go behind the eyeballs. They open up the brain. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Before, because it was in a carnival, you didn't saw someone's head open. You just went behind their. You just opened up their eyes and went behind their eyeball and took an ice pick and like, oh, and you're done. Don't. That's how it was done. Spin it around in the front of the and it destroys it. It's time to stop. That's just how. It's time to stop. It was fucked up, (laughs) but it's real. Look at it. Oh, eyeball injuries actually gross me the hell out. Yeah, I hope so. It's time to stop. Yeah, or they would yeah go up the nose and like pick out a piece of brain. See, that doesn't bother me at all. Nostril, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they would just spin the little ice pick around, and it would destroy the lobe as opposed to removing it. So yeah, I'm guessing you just have a bunch of dead tissue in your forehead, <laughs> and then it gets infected. <laughs> oh, okay. So your quality of life is so great at that point. What's? Can we think of something happy for a moment? No. <laughs> no. Nothing is right in the What's world. What's the opposite of a lobotomy? Learning. <laughs> Go uh, home, watch the Having Fun Isn't Hard If You've Got a Library Card music video. I listen to the How Stuff You Should Know lobotomy podcast episode. Oh, there we go. Oh, God. Uh, and with that, it's going to wrap things up. I think so. Super Movie Studies is recorded and produced by us. Yay. Should we make a name? No. Should we call... <laughs> Super Movie Studies is produced by Super Movie Studies. I, I, I just need some sort of ending cap. I think we'll brainstorm this later. Super oh, Movie Studies is produced try- by two guys in a studio and one over the phone. 
producer guy, one guy. The other guy just shows up and talks about the iTunes where you can subscribe <laughs> to new episodes which come out every Monday while you're there. Be sure to drop a five-star rating yeah, and we, a review. We got to check if anybody's rated us in a while. Bubble Wheat might have been the last. <clears throat> oh, Bubble Wheat. Oh, it's been heck? a long time. Shout out to Bubble Wheat. Cool dude. Who's on Twitter. Who found us on which Twitter. Which is what I talk about. Tom's also on Twitter. He runs things. He's good at it. At Super M Studies. Go there for our Twitter challenge of the week, which this week, bad last names for lobotomists. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. Oh, Striker is an example. Striker's a bad last name for your lobotomist to have. Yeah. Like, if you're about to yep. go in for an actual lobotomy procedure, what is the last name of a doctor you don't want to hear? Uh, Our paging Dr. Grinder. <laughs> Dr. Ice, Dr. Ice Pick. Uh, Dr. Ice Pick. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Bobo. <laughs> Dr. Whiskey Drunk. <laughs> yes. To sh- share with us your favorite. Um, hashtag. Um, hashtag bad lobotomist. <laughs> okay. All right. That'll do yes. it. That'll do it today with uh, a, a preview into next week. We will hopefully be doing a special Star Trek episode. Oh, yes. In the near future, I need to get Dr. Amy Lauders back on the show. I need to get oh. Twitter Tom back on the damn show. And I'm coming up on finishing Flash 2. So, Connor Cahill, if you're listening, <laughs> we'll invite him back on the show, of course. Uh, we just, you know, I miss our old friends. It's been a while since we've had a friend um, besides Austin who's here <laughs> in town. So that makes things a little bit easier to plan. So that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. James Keller Hudsma. And I'm Ben Anderson. And we hope you all have a super week. Bye. Na-da-da-da-da. One day, Wolverine. Baby, bye, bye, bye.